Glickman is with us now. He is the uh, president and founder of the Democratic Empowerment Party. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey, good morning, Lee. I'm okay. Um, so you guys have got an idea here, and it's essentially waiting, voted, waiting votes towards uh, those who are less fortunate monetarily. Is that correct? Can you just kind of sur sur surmise for me how this, how this all works? Sure. Uh, well, why don't, I, why don't I describe it in a way that you would approve of, or you might approve of first? <laughs> right? I don't just... know if there is a way that I would approve of, but you can start. Sure. Well, I run a website called votesizing.org, and it's all about uh, adjusting the sizes of people's votes. Right. So, so the way that I would do that is I would have paper ballots like we have up here in Canada. Okay. Where you shade in the box of your favorite candidate. Okay. And there's a tear-off section on that paper ballot that has uh, your name and your address to identify you. Right. And, and it also has a barcode, and it has the amount from your income tax and how much income you made that year. Okay. Okay, that's on the tear-off section. Now, on the ballot itself, there's a, there's a uh, copy of that same barcode, but no information about you. Okay. Okay, so now the, so the, on your ballot, then, is a, is a barcode that describes how much income you have. Now, let's say a way you might like to do it, which I describe on my website, I go over, uh, is uh, you want to f start off by giving everybody one vote, regardless okay. of their income. Sure. But then you might say, hey, if some guy's income is higher than somebody else's, or let's say he made more money this year than he did last year, right. his income's going up, he's more successful, he's obviously on some kind of upward trend, right. I'm going to give him an extra bit of a vote. I'm going to add something on to that one vote of his. And if, he's, and if he's still getting, let's say you, let's say you, for this way, let's say you want to uh, help society become more prosperous. Right. You want to give a weighted vote to people who know how to make money. Okay. Okay, so when it adds up and it votes for that politician, Bill Gates would end up with two votes instead of just one, because he's so smart. Right. Okay, so that's one way of doing it. Now, the way I would do it is completely the other direction. I'm as radical as you get on the other side. And I would start with one vote, everybody gets one vote, and as their income grows towards Bill Gates, it shrinks towards zero. But there's different ways of sizing votes. You could do it according to their uh, education. Why would, you, why would you start the conversation off, uh, Steve, by assuming that I would prefer uh, that Bill Gates has more of a vote than anyone else just because he's wealthy? I'm just, I just listened to your show a little bit a couple of times, and I was just thinking that that might be a more conservative way of sizing votes, that's not right? Conservatism. But that's not conservatism. I mean, uh, yeah. to, to, want to, weigh, to want to weigh the vote either way in favor of poor or rich is not a conservative point of view. You've misjudged me. Okay, you're right. You're right. I don't know. The vote sizing is so new, it's really hard to tell what, what it is. Right. So, yeah, I've just thought that. You, you know, you might want to favor somebody who knows how to make money instead of me who wants to favor somebody who's not making money. I don't see, but that's, that's the fundamental difference here for, for me and you, I think. And, and, and I, I find this interesting, and, and, you know, I appreciate you being willing to come on the show because I find it interesting just the thought process. But the difference is that, that I don't want to favor anybody. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't think that, uh, that, that anyone who has... Uh, more money ought to have any more of a vote, and anyone that, 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 that has less ought to have any less of a vote. I understand that your premise, though, and I'm, I'm gonna, we'll take calls in just a second, but I, I understand that your premise is that, that essentially those with, with money automatically have the power, and, and so that's why you want to weight the vote towards the poor. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, essentially, that's why you came up with this idea, because you're saying that someone who has money 
uh, may, you know, they've got a vote and they've got power because they've got money. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to steer society towards being more powerful driven and less wealth driven. Okay. And, and you know, it is, it is, it is, it is because of the technology, though, that these ideas came into my head. Like, the technology had to be there first in society. I was a computer guy. This was 20 years ago, but I still knew enough about computers that this idea wouldn't seem completely absurd. And, you know, our society, we, we, we evolved democratically along with technology. If we didn't have, let's say, the printing press, we probably wouldn't have everybody voting. It makes sense that, you know, these ideas, uh, democratic, evolved along with the technology of the times. So the whole idea of using computers, I think, is going is to happen one way or the other way. People are going to say, well, you know, why don't we size votes? We can. So yeah, but why would you do something that's inherently unfair just because you can? Yeah, exactly. Well, the, it, the, the, the difference is, is, is that is that the difference probably between you and me, and once again, I'm, I'm okay. making assumptions. Correct no, me if I'm wrong. Is uh, I'm terrified of just continuing on our current path. Okay. And I think something okay. needs to let, be let, done. Let, let's see if there's some common ground here. You're sure. terrified of continuing on our current path. Let's see what path you're on. I'm not going to assume what path. Yeah. That you're talking about here, but let's 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 uh, let, let's get Mike on here first, and then I want to go that direction quick. Mike, uh, you're on with uh, Steve Glickman. Well, the thing about it is, uh, you go look at people's uh, personal incomes and you know what their net worth is, so forth and so on. You're you're opening the door for all kinds of fraud. Right. Uh, having said that, I wanted to dovetail a statement on part of the show that you had your last hour. That's fine. The fact that. Uh, you know, the, the entitlement people and the people that said that uh, they ought to be allowed to achieve with a lesser degree of efficiency in their learning institutions uh, simply because of their economic status. Right. I'll tell you something. My dad left the house when I was less than two years old. I didn't see him until I was 46 years old, so I pretty much did it all on my own. I even got drafted, survived that, and came back. And I uh, continued my education through the fire department. I ended up being the chief of the department. And I'm now realizing a nice pension, and, uh, you know, and I like to talk politics and try to set it up for the kids, you know, and the generations to come. But at the rate we're going with all this entitlement idea and, you know, shifting the wealth, and, and, and in this gentleman's case, he's trying to wait the election. You know, a person has all kinds of avenues to vote. Uh, we've done everything we can to make it, you know, easy to vote. Having said all that, you know, uh, using wealth as a means to to weigh the election, I think, gets away from, you know, what this country was founded on, and that's the right to choose. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. What, what, let's let Steve respond to that real quickly. Um, and, and Steve, I know you're from Canada, so you're working within the political system up there, correct? Ooh, yeah, but are, you're presenting this though to many different countries, though not just not just Canada, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm not really having a, an easy go of establishing a political party here in Canada. Not to worry, but uh, I would start in Canada. I have a uh, friend in in Africa who's trying to do it there. It's not easy, but uh, yeah, it could be applied anywhere. There's voting. You know, you could apply it to how you vote for a CEO, or uh, how you vote for a mayor, or all kinds of areas. Wherever you vote, you can you can use these computers in this way. Right, but, but but why? I guess I guess the question that folks that are on this end, and I think what Mike was asking is that how is this fair? I mean, yeah. Where where in your mindset did did you come up with the idea that this was a fair way to, to proceed? Because what I did is I initially charted what I tried to do an X Y graph charting wealth and power. Okay. All right, and X was wealth, 
so the farther along you got sideways, the richer you got, and uh, Y was power. Okay. And I had a, I mean, I just, it's, it's not easy to do because the line's going to fluctuate over time and over places. And after a couple of days, I said, what's the best line? Where would I, Steve Glickman, prefer to see that line? And it ended up being, well, why don't we just have an arc that goes from, let's say, 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock? Okay. And then everybody falls on that arc, and no two people are any closer to zero zero. Neither wealth nor power. No two people have uh, a monopoly on wealth and power. You see, and we, we've got to get the break here. Mike, thanks for the call. And, uh, Thank you, Leva. Uh, Debbie, you'll be up next. Steve, hopefully you can hang on with us through the break. Um, you, you see wealth and power as if you could separate them, you think the world's more fair that way. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hold, hold on to that thought. We'll come back in just a minute. Uh, Steve Glickman, who is the president and founder of the Democratic Empowerment Party, is with us. Um, he wants to size the vote, weight it towards four people. Debbie will have a question for him when we come back. 280-2287, 1-800-606-4263, pound 630 on a Sprint PCS phone. Back with more on the Pulse News Radio, 630 WLAP. Speaking of beyond, today we're reaching into Canada, where our guest is Steve Glickman, the chairman, founder, and president of the Democratic Empowerment Party, who wants to see the vote weighted in favor of poor people. In other words, someone who is poor's vote would count for more, and someone who is rich's vote would probably be a fraction of a single vote. He joins us now on the phone, and uh, Debbie waiting to talk to him through the break. Debbie, good morning. Good morning, Leland. Good you? morning, Steve. Morning. Um, I know that uh, Steve is from Canada, so I'm wondering how much of a student of American history he might be. Uh, the reason I ask is that we had, in the early part of the 20th century, an income-weighted voting plan. That's right. It was called the poll tax, and we decided it was unfair. Yeah, it's it unfair also, that way. It's definitely you, unfair the other way. You also used to not be able to vote if you didn't own property. Right. Were you aware? Were you, were you, I'm sure you followed that, Steve. Are you aware of that history? You know, the property one I'm, I'm quite familiar with. That idea of poll tax intrigues me, but... Uh, I see. I, I am somewhat aware of it. Yeah, and I think I think at the end of the day, the the question that we have, Steve, on this issue, and thank you, Debbie, for the call, uh, is is how how is it that you arrived at the opinion that that doing this is fair? I mean, because I I, I sort of understand that you see that there are a group of people out there that are disadvantaged for whatever reason, and you're trying to even up the, the table, so to speak, but you seem to leave out all uh, vestiges of personal responsibility uh, for one's plight, uh, for, for hard work to get out of your circumstances, et cetera, uh, in, in, this, in this thought process. Yeah, well, I did approach it backwards. In other words, I charted my perfect version of wealth and power balancing in society and then from there I deduced well wait a minute that's just not wealth and power that's just not in and taking in and uh, putting out that's also could be income tax and a vote so it all kind of crystallized from the idea of how we might be able to look as you know uh, social engineer our society better now uh, in terms of the disadvantages that you talk about that these people have I I mean then after I came up with this idea I sat on it for many years but well, now I've been pursuing it after I started doing some research and writing my book the disadvantages you're talking about are also political disadvantages I mean the system is rigged to move power upwards all the time hand it over to 
other interests, like corporate interests. Power is it, but that, that's because power in and of itself, the nature of power is something that is not, it's not random. Yeah, you can't. You, you, can't, you can't control the fact that the, 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 the nature behind power itself is not random. Power is gained. Yeah, you, power is earned. And, and that is the natural flow of things. But someone who is poor can become powerful if they choose. Yeah, you cannot perfectly untangle wealth and power. You can't have a totally communistic society and a totally capitalistic society merged into one. They're going to affect each other, right? There, there is overlap. Okay, so, so you want a communistic society. You want everyone to live communally. Power is all about living communally. Power yeah. is all about not, I mean, perfect power. I'm, I'm talking about perfect, you know, uh, philosophical power is about the, not the capital relations, all the other relations, right? A power society, a society based only on power, like a... Like you're, you're, you're living in a utopia that can never exist. Yeah. It's also unfair. But listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that's the real world. I'm acknowledging this is right, not the real world. Right, just as much as, just as much, let me finish, please. Just as much as a perfectly capitalist society is also utopia, right? They're both utopias. Now, what we do as a society is we try to find middle ground. So we're always looking for that middle ground. So yes, power and wealth are very are become concentrated, and some people are able to amass power and amass wealth, right? But we, as a society, have these you know voting in place, democracy in place, to try to find a middle balancing ground. That's what we do. It's not necessarily just it has to be whatever it has to be. We try to fiddle with it so that it's as fair as possible for as many as possible. I disagree, because I don't think it needs to be fiddled with. Democracy is democracy. It has a finite definition. Well, here's some things... Democracy doesn't give more vote to uh, one particular segment of the population. Sure. True democracy does not weight the vote. What about, what about gerrymandering? What about uh, electoral districts? I mean, those right... Are things, those, those are things that might be inherently wrong, and you, you, you solve that problem by, by prosecuting things that are inherently wrong. You don't solve the problem by weighting the vote. But there, that is a weighted vote. You can live no, in one. Not. You can live in one district not and prosecute it. Not when you clean up the corruption. The idea is to clean up the corruption. The idea is to make the voting system easy to count the votes. The idea is to count every single vote. Yeah. And when that happens, then you have total fairness and you have true democracy. But when you say there's a problem here, there's corruption here. In order to fix it, let's just not deal with the actual corruption. Let's just give people ten votes that are poor and one vote that's rich and a fraction of a vote that's even wealthier than that. You completely lose the entire uh, theory of democracy. The democracy goes away. It's no longer people-powered. Why not prosecute the problem? Who's going to do that? If people, it, let, let, let me assume that the vote has been whittled away and taken out of people's hands by a bunch of mechanisms, cor uh, criminal and, and just uh, sub subversive mechanisms. Let's just assume that the vote, people, when people go to vote, they don't really get what they want. Do you think they get what they want with their vote? I mean, the decisions are made before, during, and after on their behalf. I mean, they don't... You assume so. You assume so. If yeah. the vast majority of people think that Hillary Clinton should be president of the United States, she'll become president of the United States. And you think they're going to get... She's going to put the policies that, that they want in place? Well, that's up to her to keep her promises. And if she doesn't keep her promises, we'll vote her out. Yeah. And we'll... Yeah. yeah. I'm agreeing with you, but... Okay. In the meantime, she lies. So okay, people, so what? okay, look. But here's the problem. Yeah. Here's the problem. Sure. The, the, she she lies. We know that. Many politicians do. Hold them accountable for their lies. Don't don't wait the vote. I mean, you're talking about giving ten votes to a, to a group of people that, by and large, is uneducated. If you're not educated, I don't want you to really vote. Okay. 
I mean, it, it, that's, that's not fair. I mean, it's not fair. If somebody walks into a booth and says, hmm, that name rolls off my tongue well, I'll pick that one. That's not, that's not a real vote. A real vote would actually require people to take a test before they go in there and vote and know what the heck they're voting on. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, right. I, I mean, I, 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 just, I just can't see the fairness. Let's, let's go to the phone lines. Gary, you're up first. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Um, I listen to the conversation, and logically speaking, to me, the same an analogy of this situation would be, would I go to an employee of McDonald's to seek financial advice? That's the same principle. Uh, with all due respect to people of lower incomes, there's a lot that really tried and had some bad breaks. Some are completely satisfied with their situation. Right. But the majority, there's reasons why they're that low on the income level. Why would I want to trust the future of my country and my future success financially yep. and well-being on somebody who doesn't understand financial institutions, the government, um, uh, the election system, et cetera, and policies to determine my destiny? Yep. That seems to me totally illogical. Steve, you have a response for that? Sure I do. Uh, I also propose, I think I mentioned this, an economic model, let's say, of a uh, a hamburger restaurant, a hamburger uh, corporation that makes hamburgers. And along with the investors getting votes to, the, to decide who the CEO is, I'd all, I'm also proposing distribute the same amount of votes among the employees and do it inversely to their wages so the guy flipping the burgers would get a larger, a larger say in the CEO than the middle management and upper management you're, you're would not, get. Steve, you're not answering the question. No, I am. Let me finish. Well, hold on a second. The, the guy flipping the burgers does not have the experience that the guy that started the company and became the CEO has, so it's unfair to give him more of a say. If this company succeeds, hypothetically, right, if this model works, and, and the, peop, the guy flipping the burgers actually does have something to contribute to the, to the decision-making if the janitor and the secretaries have an idea also of how these com uh, companies should be run, right? Then that would become a magnet for investment, and it would be a very successful now, company after a while. Now, that's if, they had, if they had more of a say than they deserve, that would become a, determin a deterrent to... To investment, if they have a say, that's a, comp a lot of companies allow their people to have a, have their say. Um, you know, they, they, the, yeah. a lot of companies you get one vote. That's what you get. Let's go to uh, let's go to Jim, who's been watching. Jim. You're on. Thank you, by the way, Jerry, for the call. Jim. Yes, thank you. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, I think your man on the line uh, hit on something. I think the wealthy people who pay the way of the government, all the expenses of the government, maybe should have more votes for the people that really are. Or taking a free ride. Or this, if we weight the vote toward the poor people, Jim, why don't we uh, why don't we acquiesce the taxes the rich people are playing and paying? In other words, if I'm not going to get that much of a say, uh, I'm not going to contribute that much to the pot. That's that's what I agree with. Nine, ten percent of the population, or ten percent of the income population, the upper income, pay ninety percent of the taxes. Yeah. Basically, no. subsidizing all the people that don't pay that much tax. Yeah. And yet, and yet. Uh, people that don't pay tax want more votes, well, they're going to vote for taxing the rich even more. Yeah, that, that's true. That's, that's the way it'll work out. Uh, Steve, listen, I, I guess the, the biggest flaw that I see in, in, your, in your philosophy here is that the, the vote is already weighted towards the, the masses of people out there that are not wealthy, because the vast majority of people are not wealthy. The vast majority of people are poor or middle class. 
Yeah. So the power is already there. The, the problem is you've got to get them to vote. You don't need to give them more votes. You're just trying to weigh the system against the people, a group of people that by and large tend to be apathetic to the system, and you're rewarding the apathy. That's, that's, where I, that's what I think about this. All right, well, you didn't even let me uh, go into all the ways that that is, it, it, it sounds true, but it isn't true in real life because there's all these ways that the system is being subverted. It's well, not that simple that they just go and vote because when they do... It we'll, have you on again. Right. we'll have you on again when we have more time, so we'll let you get into those ways. Yeah. I appreciate you taking the – you're a good sport, though, and I really appreciate you, <laughs> Thank you. you taking the time today. Right. Have a great day. We All appreciate right. it. All right. Bye. Um,